to talk about some funny things about the male characters of the movie. Okay, well, I loved all of them. <laughs> so, Ken, uh, when I finished the movie, I, I just turned around to my husband and said that, oh, okay, so essentially Ken is an incel and he just wants to do what he wants to do, but he never got in his way. And then he found patriarchy. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And Those were the best scenes, honestly. Yeah, it was just so funny. The it fun. was the best. Uh, yeah, and Ryan Gosling is the star of this movie. He so, plays so well in that role. Yeah. And we were even joking about um, if they are selling that hoodie that he was wearing at the end. Oh, yeah, Knuff. Knuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's being sold. Like everyone is going to be strutting along yeah, the see, streets wearing it. That's the idea of capitalism. They did do yes. they, they create so something good. that yeah. you found of it and then they make profit out of it. Yeah. Um I also found I, I never know that there's a character called Alan. Yeah, I didn't know that. It's almost a derogative depiction of the man who doesn't fit in the standard. Oh, yeah. The beta male oh, basically. Mas- masculinity, yeah, or the handsomeness that they want in Barbie Land, yeah. Um what else? I thought that the idea of multi-universe, multiverse, or however that you want to call it, is becoming like a trend in the film industry in mm-hmm. the past five years, you know, interconnecting of the Barbie land and the real world kind of reflects the differences and also highlights the intention of they're trying to humanize Barbie, you know, bring her into the Yeah, of course. Yeah. What about you? What do you think? Well, I I basically said uh, I agree with everything you've said mm. and I can't recommend this movie enough. Mm. Uh, there is the, the, the best sort of the best types of movies are the ones that make you really fall in love with life. It's so joyful. There's no other word for it. It's joyful. Yeah. It's it celebrates life. It's, it's it celebrates life. And yeah. I will not criticize a movie that made me feel so happy and made me laugh for two hours straight honestly mm-hmm. for two hours straight i laughed so I, I loved it i thought this is quite like an epitome of white feminism i also thought it was like very feminism 101 it's fun and entertaining like this you know i'll probably can't find any other words other than entertaining there's so much depth in depth discussion i mean at the end of the day it's corporatized entertainment. I mean, Mattel is and will make a huge profit out of this satirical movie mm. of its own product. The marketing of our products through a film, you know, they're creating a pop culture. There's nothing new. I mean, we see Thomas the Tank Engine, Transformer, My Little Pony. Mm-hmm. It's becoming like a blurry line between merchandise and the film TV industry. Yeah, exactly. It is exactly I- creating a hype. Um, through Barbie to generate conversations with this, you know, gender war that we continuously try to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, I read somewhere today that Lena Dunham will be directing a movie about Polly Pocket starring Lily Collins. <laughs> Polly Pocket. And I'm like down for that, man, because I played with Polly Pockets religiously way more than I played with Barbie as a child. So I'm I'm down for that. Yeah, this is what I think. I think that it has done so well to create this representation of a specific social economical something that is not 
only material, but it's an experience as well. It's trying to connect your inner child and you know the next generation as well. And it's becoming doing it's becoming so well in the way that it executed in our society because uh, for me personally, something material is you know is not good enough anymore. I don't want to you know thinking environmentally. I don't want to keep on buying toys. I don't want to keep on buying plastic. Uh, I'll prefer to have an experience with my kids going to theater, going to movie. Companies are doing so well now. They're becoming so elaborated with themes. I've heard there's like Barbie high teas, there's Disney themes, dining experience. You Do know, you know? France of Alexandria has been doing it for so long. Yeah. Do you know that the other day I walked past my local bookshop mm. and their windows display were just basically books that had pink on it that had pink covers yeah see it's becoming i was like what the hell it's becoming a trend it's yeah, like nothing it's like to do with barbie pink, pink washing you know it's pink washing the whole pop culture and people buy into it like we bought into it and it's like brands like mattel are becoming more aware of the changing needs of the modern family you know they're trying to create a memory with their child is not longer constrained by buying toys it's it has sharing to be, an experience yeah, sharing experience you know ex- extending into wide range of activities and they want to monetize it they that's why they're making films you know they they yeah. want they're both nostalgic for the parents and fun for the children yeah and i think things, the reason yeah. why perhaps your daughter didn't love it in the same way that when my partner and i we when we went to see it we were surrounded by like 15 year old girls mm-hmm. and i noticed that um I feel like I, we were the ones laughing the most. I feel yes. like in a lot of yeah, places, it, a lot on. of, yeah. And I realize it's because like the younger kids don't get all those jokes. Mm-hmm. They don't get the humor of that montage of yeah. uh, Ryan Gosling going into the real world where he discovers patriarchy. Like they don't mm-hmm. understand the the absolute humor in that because they haven't been exposed to the toxicity yet of yes. the real world. Yes, you know? that's right. So that's why teenage yeah. girls don't don't find it funny. Yeah. Well, the session that we went to was at a four was a forty five one. It was pretty late for my daughter, but that's the only session that we could have got tickets for a bigger screen. Mm-hmm. The other one was in a smaller screen, and um, uh, there was a couple of fifteen, like you said, teenage girls. They were just walking in and out of the cinema a couple of times. I don't think that wow. they joined it. Um, yeah, yeah. It was as if it's made really for adults rather than children. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Greta Gerwig is our age. Yes. So yeah. all, all the beats, all the points that sh- lands well for us is will be like eighties and nineties. Will be like yeah, exactly. It's because she's around. like our age. Yeah. 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 Again, it's it's like a kids film for adults. You know, like the commencement of Pixar. They've made films that's on servers. It's targeting children, but they're really fun for adults. And some jokes. I can only get be gated by adults, and because of the end of the day, you think about it: who is paying for the tickets? Yeah, the adults, course. the parents, and they need to know where they're spending the money um, to watch something that is relatable and you know fun as well. And that's why we're talking about it today. Mm. And I don't really think that you know even the big uh, speech, the monologue that was done by Gloria. Unless that you really experience through patriarchy. Yeah, exactly. You, you won't feel anything. that. Yeah, you, yeah. You wouldn't get anything of what she was yeah. saying. Yeah. That's why the that's why the teenage girls didn't yeah. 
didn't it didn't have that emotional they, impact. They, they, they don't have the emotional impact. But on the other hand, that I think that I hope that they're actually been treated well enough. Those girls who doesn't get it, they actually been treated well enough that they don't need to get all those. They didn't have to go through all those sufferings like we did when we were growing up. Well, that's that's just a that's just a condition of their age. They're yeah. just gonna grow up and then you know <laughs> get talked over by men in the boardroom. Yeah. Okay. So, what do you think of the Asian can Sim- Simulu being casted? Oh, I loved him. I loved him. I actually thought it was um, disappointing that they didn't have an Asian Barbie. Ah, uh, like yeah. they actually did. I think she was flying the plane. She was a pilot, but she only briefly appeared for like two seconds. Yeah, I was disappointed. Yeah, I don't remember that. that as well. I don't remember that. Yeah, I, I just wanted an Asian Barbie with a speaking role, please. Um, but I was like, well, they've ticked off one Asian. They've had one Asian, you know, um, Simu Lu, and he has a pretty big part. So I was like, can't get everything. Can't complain. <laughs> yeah, we so, can't. Yeah. I thought he was wonderful. I love him so much. I think he's so funny. spectacular. And my favorite scene from the film is when they have a dance off, the two Kens at the end. That was hands down my favorite scene. I just, I love dance scenes in movies. Mm. They're just full of life. Did you grow up having any Barbies? I did. Oh, I, did. Did I had two. I think I had two Barbies and I may, mostly have them naked and like, have, I think I made them have sex with each other. <laughs> I just had, I just had two Barbies, like, yeah, lesbian humping Barbies, yeah, humping each other. Yeah, I, I never put clothes on my Barbies. I just took them off. So they become yeah, the weird Barbie. Uh, I don't think I cut their hair off. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I didn't have any Kens. Like, why would you? Why would you want a Ken? But it's also yeah. funny that you have to have ken in barbie like when when they made this old whole barbie land when they constructed the world of barbie what's the purpose of ken he has no purpose at all yeah 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 it also it, it it's like he's an accessory but it also reflects on the reality the real life is that we as we need to have we still need to have something you yeah, have a, a male companion yeah yeah yeah, yeah of course that. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't I didn't have any Barbies when I was growing up. I the most vivid memories that I have with Barbie was seeing our cousin have tons of Barbies. Like she's had seven or eight Barbies. I mean, I kept asking our mum to get a Barbie, but mum never got me one. She's like, oh, those are expensive and just yeah. I I think our mum has that little subtle feminism in her. Yeah, great. Yes. You know, well, it didn't work with me. I guess I just, yeah, I guess I just like complained too hard. I'm pretty sure I got it older. I wasn't a little girl when I got it, and I'm pretty sure I got it at K, um, Toys R Us, Parramatta. Okay. Circa 1998, and uh, yeah, they weren't that much fun. I just, I, in my head, they're just sexual creatures. I think around <laughs> the same time, I was like discovering my body. So, uh-huh. yeah. And see, the kids wouldn't understand about at the end of the movie that Barbie goes to gy- gynecologist. Yeah, gynecologist. That's so my good. My daughter just turned at me like, what? What the hell? I don't understand. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, she doesn't understand. I thought that they, she was going to be like, I'm here for a job. Yeah, that's what everyone thought as well. Yeah. Mm. It's just, yeah, the way that they played, um, how they want to end the uh, the movie is, I, I think it was really funny, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I think um, Greta Gerwig really cleverly constructed different positions of feminism 
and kind of used um, our vulnerabilities. Like I said it, before we started um, recording, was that kind of manipulated our emotions with our memories. Yeah, totally. To Absolutely. Our emotions, especially at towards the end of the movie. I thought it was great, but slightly superficial tactic. It kind of embraces the everyone's, you know, in, was really into the, the monologue by Gloria and own it as a creation from Barbie movie because everyone's going to remember that monologue, you know, the powerful monologue. Yeah. Um, about how woman, it's impossible to be woman. Yeah, yeah, and we all know that. Yeah, but I'm sure and, we've heard it elsewhere as well. Uh huh. But then we're gonna disregard the fault that Barbie had created for decades. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trying to redeem itself. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, um, catch it, guys. Let us know what you think. Yes, yes, we would like love to hear what our listeners thought on Barbie, which is like sold out everywhere first week oh it's the i think it's the highest grossing movie from a female director and it might be the fourth highest ever mm-hmm. ever in history so i just i just i'm so proud of greta Gerwig, and i wish that she goes on to make um maybe one of my books that would be awesome <laughs> <laughs> hi there If you're new to our show, thanks for tuning in into our program and we hope you will stay with us for a very long time. And if you're a regular listener, we're forever grateful for your continuous support throughout this period of uncertainty. It has really helped this podcast to gain a great exposure as our mission is to center the perspectives of people who look like us, who are marginalized historically to the sideline of conversation. So if you haven't already, we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Omni, Apple, Google or Spotify and leave a rating and review. And of course, as a small podcast program, we rely on listeners' support to continue this work. Please do check out our Buy Me Coffee page and make a donation in order for us to continue to advocate the intersectionality in the podcast industry. Okay, so the news item that we want to talk about this week is something along the line of the publishing industry as well. So oh, yes. Last week, uh, we spotted a news about one of our favorite journalists, uh, Yumi Stein. She is also a writer, author. She has co-authored a series of graphic, graphic textbooks for children age 8 plus, uh, for, uh, which is called Welcome to Something Something. Um, I have got the books for Welcome to Your Periods, Welcome to Your Booth for My Daughter, and there is two other books, which is called Welcome to Consent and Welcome to Sex, which all focus on offering important information about puberty, sex, the change of your bodies, etc. Gender identities. Yes, that's right. And, you know, sexual orientations, consent, which is so important right now. So the book that has lain in controversy is Welcome to Sex. Um, what happened was that Big W have, had to remove the book from their shelves because their staff has been abused. Um, yeah, I, I found that ridiculous. I don't know. I, I, I don't know the extent of that, as in. Yeah, they, um, they, they didn't really they, they got some, how they were abused. Well, they received, yeah. some ba- they received some nasty comments online. 
mm. apparently. Yeah. So they pull out the books from their shops, but they were still selling online and they're selling actually quite well. It's number two best book on Amazon. Good. Um, so we can already know that it is a work by the right wing conservatives who are attacking and trolling Yumi Stein and also Dr. Melissa Ken, the co-author of the book. Um, what do you think of this? I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It just proves the fact that these groups b- b- believe that they're above anyone else to talk about sex or prevent other people to sort of talk about sex. Uh, you know, when I read this article, my first response was um, um, Reverend Lovejoy's wife in The Simpsons when she was like, think of the children! <laughs> What's her name? Is it? Helen Lovejoy. Oh my yeah, god, Helen right. Lovejoy. And always just like think of the anytime anyone says think of yes. the children, I'm like, fuck off. Seriously. Like, yeah. It is so insulting to think that your kids need to be um immune from these things, like as as though like gender identity yeah. and all these things are like dangerous. I'm like you. I'm like, are you guys deluded? You're the fucking dangerous ones. Yes, like, that's right. You know, imposing, know. imposing gender norms and all that. I'm like, yes. I'm so angry. I'm angry at Chris Primrod, who's Primrod, who is the um, basically the Bogan conservative, um, at, like a guy who um, you know, started this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he uh, his uh, tagline in Instagram is uh, co-founder of five humans. Oh yeah! Oh my god, I saw that. That's disgusting. I was like, yeah. I honestly like spewed yeah. in my mouth. Uh-huh. Um, and anytime anyone you know identifies themselves as a parent in their social media, I just throw up in my mouth. Mm. Um, especially men, mm-hmm. and uh, just uh, and then I'm also really disappointed that um the the Women's Forum of Australia, who is the part of the campaign who. Yeah, work to exactly. get rid of these books from the shelves um is headed by a half asian woman yeah Ugh. i'm disappointed yeah. by that yeah i feels like a racist attack and yeah i guess i guess it is like i just always irk when i see an asian woman be like her politics completely not aligning with my own i'm like <laughs> i'm like what you're what what it's just like that same feeling i got when you know when in 2016 2017 january I was at Trump's inauguration, um, not obviously not to support him, to cover <laughs> it for my own journalistic purposes. And um, in the line, in the way into the um, into Washington, uh, sorry, went into the, the square, the main, you know, a um, mall mm-hmm. in Washington DC. There were like Asian women wearing "Make America oh Great Again," and mm-hmm. I was like, "What? What are you yeah. like? Do you know who you're supporting?" Yeah, I just, yeah. I was so lost. So anyway, that's how I feel about this woman. She's like another universe. <laughs> I know. It's so weird. It's so weird. But um, it's repulsive that this has happened. And I just, I hate, I, I got really, really, like when I was writing this article for Women's Agenda last week, I was, I, I felt myself get really, like deeply angry. I, off, I, I, I feel like having worked for a feminist publication and having to punch out, you know, stories every day that make you realize how shit it is to be a woman like Mm. it can really take its toll but like I feel like since I've worked there for like four years now I've learned to kind of not distance myself but I've learned to kind of 
manage my emotions, right? Mm. But I felt myself on that morning, I really felt myself get uh, like angry. And I rarely get angry these days, honestly. Um, I was so so angry because like um, the video that this guy posts on social media calling this book out and wanting its removal, Mm. like it flips through the book. I haven't read the book yet. But there were like pages on um, gender identity and different fluid identities, and I just think that, I just think that kids should be taught that at six months old. You yeah. know, I think that you know, and and the fact that he was saying this is dangerous. Oh, how, like, how dangerous is that? How is that going to be dangerous? So I yeah, I'm like, dude, gender is dangerous. Are you like an idiot? <laughs> but obviously, he benefits from the traditional modes of masculinity, yeah, of and he loves yeah, dominating women. That's why he thinks right. this is dangerous. Yeah. As a, like the importance of getting the right information about sex is so important. It's the paramount, I think, for kids nowadays. If you don't get it from, you know, from the right resources, the kids are going to get it on internet. They're going to get exactly. it yeah. other porn. Classic, yeah, porns or other channels of from their friends. Reframing children and young adults from knowledge will only further harm them, I think. And what I found was really funny about some of the TikTok clips that is trying to pull this book out of the shelf is that um, I assume was that guy that you were talking about. He's pointing at the page about penis size, like size yeah. matters. But you need to come out and say that that power is trying to debunk the myth of that that size shouldn't matter. Yeah, yeah. And the guy was just focusing so much about oh, this is so graphic for kids. Penises should be not shown to the kids. I'm like. Okay, so are you worried about your own size? Are you actually being insecure about your own size? That's why you don't want people to know about it. I sometimes think that parents are the reason why the world is so shit. Well, I I do think that most parents are actually supportive of this book. Yeah, I know. At least the the parents that I know amongst my my own social circles, that they are supportive of this book. They actually know that this is important. It's coming out from experts. And it kind of, it, it does generate it doesn't make sex awkward. You you need to talk about sex, not in the awkward way, or otherwise the kids are going to grow up and feel ashamed talking about it. You know, when we were growing up, we never talk about sex. We feel ashamed. Yeah, no way, man. No and how way. much suffering that we went through. Yeah. <laughs> oh my so god. I we can't, don't want to I can't even. That. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because like a few days later I read in the New York Times that a similar story had happened in um, San Diego uh, as part of the Pride Month display at a local library in San Diego. There were like some uh, residents in um, San, this public library in San Diego had asked for a book to be, a couple of books to be remo- removed mm-hmm. um, because they thought it was inappropriate content. Uh, like quote unquote inappropriate content and um and uh yeah the letter had something like and i quote i quote this is the letter that this these individuals wrote to the public library it says flag signs and book displays based on how adults experience sexual attraction and gender identity have no place in an open and public space for children <laughs> again i'm like a uh, revelant helen lovejoy's Oh my god! These these people really just need to um, need to look at the vagina. (laughs) vagina. (laughs) My god! It's just yeah. 
It's just like, yeah, like, it's just, it's, I'm always shocked by the toxicity of hetero people because mm -hmm. I'm like, it's just like um, when, when someone like Trump, you know, says, points to evil, points to those people who he calls, you know, bad. I'm like, dude, you're the bad one. Like, I, I just, I hate, I hate straight people always attacking, you know, the LGBT community. I'm like, do you not see that you're the one who is making the world a worse place? You know? <laughs> the problem is that they don't want to share the space. They don't want to share the space. They don't want to, you know, share the power. And it comes down to power dynamics as well. They worry that, you know, this kind of things are going to harm the children, which in fact that, and they even use the word grooming, you know, when they yeah, talk about welcome oh, to sex. I, I cannot believe that. That's disgusting. Why don't you go and look at all your the churches? You're actually, uh, you know, churches, yeah. you know, they're, they're grooming the kids. What about them? Yeah. <sighs> yeah, the rage, the rage we yeah, have. It, yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> So that's uh that's the wrap up, I guess, for our episode this week. Yes, that's the end of our episode. So remember to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Google, and Apple, and give us a five star rating. If you'd like to support what we do here at Asian Beaches Down Under, head to Buy Me Coffee page and make a donation for us to continue the intersectionality in the podcast industry. So um, make sure you go out and you know buy on buy um, Welcome to Sex by Yumi Signs. Yes, and Dr. Melissa and, yeah. and welcome to your periods for your child, welcome to your boobs, welcome to consent. I think welcome to consent is the most important book. Yeah, definitely. For any kids. I need to get the welcome adults, to. Even adults. Yeah, I no. Oh, people, I, most people don't know how to talk about consent. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think I do very well. Like these things are learned, you know. Yes. I think I need to get the welcome to boobs, but like I don't have boobs. So I'm like, what boobs? <laughs> Someone gave me welcome to my boobs. I'm like, what? What boobs? <laughs> you can just follow like, my daughter's one. Little, yeah, imagine you, if I'll, bring I had, like, I'll bring it over next time when I see you. Okay, yeah. Imagine if I had like very liberal parents. And then like when I was eight on oh, 10, they like gave me this book. I'm like, and I'm just keep waiting. I keep waiting. And 10 years when's later, it gonna like, oh, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? <laughs> oh man <sighs> okay that's it from us this week and we'll chat to you next time Bye. okay so we want to ask Aya who is a 10 year old girl her thoughts an opinion about Barbie the movie because essentially that Barbie is supposed to be targeting young kids her age and specifically mm. girls. And here we are. We have Aya, our special guest. Hi, Hi Aya. Hi. <laughs> How are you? Good. So, um, Aya, w when you went into this movie, what were you expecting? Honestly, I was expecting something like, like something more like what happened in the daily life of Barbie. Then something happens. Then it's just this normal thing, and then she goes out into the real world. Then she finds it terrible, and she just goes back. Mm. And then she finds out like the true thing about the real world or something. 
mm. other like that. Because you've watched other Barbie animation before, didn't you? Yeah. What were they about? You told me that they were quite corny. <laughs> um. Well, there was there's an older series and a newer series. The older series is quite corny. And like the girl, she always and Barbie, she's like this white blonde person. She always wears pink and everything. And then、mm -hmm. she has one girl boyfriend and three sisters and everything. But then in the newer version, it's it portrays Barbie more as like an acrobatic, athletic person who goes to college,、mm -hmm. and like she does all these things. And in one,、mm -hmm. she competes in a game show and things like that. So there is quite、yeah. difference in periods of time where I think they、mm. portrayed Barbie as different people.、Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was talking to my I was talking to my colleagues who are in their early twenties last week, and they grew up watching these Barbie movies. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, they're like a decade younger than me, so it's like I didn't watch any of those Barbie movies. Yeah, I don't remember any of the Barbie.、Movies. Yeah, but but Aya, where did you watch these on Netflix? Yeah, Netflix. Okay. And、um, what, what was your what was the most unexpectedly great thing about this film? What did you really like about it that、um, you didn't expect? What I didn't expect was the rebel, like from the Kens. I didn't expect、uh -huh. that it would go into this patriarchy kind of thing where he finds out all of these things. Like, <laughs> I honestly thought that it was more about Barbie, not the numbskull boyfriend. Uh huh.、Mm -hmm. Yeah.、So、and did you like the numbskull Ken? Hmm. Did you like Ken? Not really, no. <laughs> no one likes Ken. Who was your favorite Barbie in the movie? Um, I quite liked weird. I think like weird Barbie. Yay! Yeah, weird Barbie is my favorite as well. We yeah, because like, I actually used to have a few Barbies, and I and I actually would cut their hair. Yeah, did you? Bit too short, and then I'm sure. Yeah, I do. I did, and then, and then, like, I am sure that any little girls that gets a Barbie and doesn't know how to cut hair will get out, break out the pens and felt pen,、mm. draw on her face, and then cut off twenty percent of her hair at the least.、Yep. Mm. And、yeah. then that's what they'll do. They want to try and make it look different. And then when they realize that she, that that she that she can't be reversed back into what she had before, they will start pescering pescering their parents to buy another one, a new one. Oh,、yeah. I never thought about that. Disclaimer: I never got her Barbies, so they're all from friends and family. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, never, yeah. never buy. I was like, that's not like Helen to give her daughter Barbies. Yeah. This is one one thing that I am very stubborn about that I never buy Barbie for my kids, not at all. Yeah, it's not, not even dolls. I don't never really like buying dolls. So I, I have a friend of a friend. I have a friend of a friend who says who has a rule when、mm -hmm. it comes to. So he has two daughters. Yes, and he's he has the rule when gift giving. He's telling he he tells his family that when when it's time for his daughter's birthdays, he says、okay. two rules: one, no plastic, and two, nothing pink. No, <laughs> <laughs> and I think I was like, oh yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, a good idea. Yeah, But then again, eighty、yeah. percent of what you buy for girls. Is going、uh, to be plastic, plastic or pink? pink. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is, like, he basically he's basically he's trying to encourage his friends to make gifts. Ah,、uh, yeah, that's clever. Yeah. yeah. Another thing is, like, with shops, you will go into the toy section, and about 
75 to 90 percent of the things there will be plastic and like yeah. go into the section that is targeted for girls and the only thing there that will not be pink is this like um like these animal toys which have like little birds that make noises and then break down after a few months yeah <laughs> <laughs> are they all gender neutral they're not really gender neutral because they'll be colors like and they'll they they'll be oh, like, they'll have gendered colors yeah but like it'll be more targeted towards girls because they'll be like light shades of blue and purple mm-hmm. and then there will be like these like dog toys and cat toys that like kids love animals but then there'll be like yeah. colors that like normally girls will appeal to yeah hey i um so you went to see it with your dad as well as your mum yes so what was your dad's reaction to the movie um dad said that he thought it was good for what it was but nothing much after that yeah we all both saw that there's it's nothing that we didn't know like i said it's yeah. like feminism 101 yeah but yeah. it's a fun movie it's it's entertaining it's fun and just to, um before we started recording this short clip um our cousin fanny she texted mm-hmm. me She's in Taiwan. She said, oh, I took my kids to see Barbie this afternoon. Yeah. You thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. yeah. So it's funny. I think um, majority of women out there will enjoy for the fact that because it is very clearly, um, especially the monologue by Gloria, I think everyone yeah. felt bad. But, again, for me, it's like I feel like, yeah, that's, how I felt for the past almost 40 years. So yeah, I yeah. always know that. But yeah. a lot of women out there, they have suppressed that kind of emotion until they perhaps watch Barbie and that kind of have a release on them for them to kind of navigate and as a guidance that they know why they're feeling miserable because that's what is really happening in the world. Yeah. Do you have any other questions for Aya? Um, and finally, Aya, did you like Alan? <laughs> well, this is a part of another thing that I liked of the movie. I liked how there were all of these different variations of Barbie that they sold. There was in Weird Barbie's house, you can see like this dog, like the dog that comes with Pooper Scooper Barbie. Yeah, yeah. Like the dog will, the dog will like literally eat the kibble that comes out as proof if you lift the tail. And then mm-hmm. you can see it wandering around the with like the dollhouse. And then with Alan, I actually had absolutely no idea that he existed until the movie. Mm. He's yeah. like a sort of outdated one that you never really see. And like, <laughs> like because like during the credits, there's all of these like sketches of Barbies, like older versions yeah. of Barbies, like this grow up skipper and the camera Barbie. Yeah, yeah. And the chest and the TV on her back. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. And then there's all of these different versions of Barbie that you could actually can and could actually buy at shops and play with. Mm, mm. So I liked how they incorporated the idea that that, that Barbie is more than one person at yeah. one point at time. And then, like, another thing is, like, the dream house. It is literally easy. It is literally what it looks like in shops and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. And... But also the fact that there's no actual like, um, one of the the daughter of the mother in the movie, she asks Barbie if a giant hand comes down to play with them, 
Mm. Which is actually incorporating the fact that Barbie is actually human size. She's not plastic. She's not a plastic doll that is actually showcased in those old corny TV shows. She's an actual real person who is portrayed in this movie as a human. Yeah, she has been humanized. Yeah. You answer the question about Alan. Okay. <laughs> Your auntie wants to know Alan. He's okay. Yeah, we don't have much much opinion about Alan, just as we well, don't have much opinion yeah. about beta males. We, uh, I love we Andrew and I both love the actor who plays um Alan. His name's Michael Sarah. Yes. He's a quite a famous actor. I. Uh, he's just yeah. He's, he's often in the quirky roles. Quirky beta males. Being casted in quirky. He's been typecasted in that. I kind love of Michael Sarah deeply. The awkward. Wait, wait, awkward yeah. Male. Wait until I is old enough to watch Arrested Development. Okay. <laughs> okay, so well, we're going to wrap it up today. And, and let's Aya. thank our special guest, Aya. Yay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>